Welcome to the MMA Geeks podcast where uh, Stan, myself, and Nick, uh, we're going to break down the following UFC on ESPN 6, Thompson versus Pettis fight card. Uh, we're going to cover USPN on, uh, UFC on ESPN 5, Till versus Masvidal, talk about that main event and the, and the, the fight that ended up breaking out after it. Um, and we're going to discuss a little bit of MMA news. Uh, Nick, uh, interesting week we're, we're having here. News yeah, it's been a busy week. And an, and an interesting card. Um, I, I liked it, and it had a it had a lot of surprises on it. Um, as far as our score goes, we it was a draw, right? It was a draw. Nick. So we are four <laughs> in your favor. Two. Thank you, Jack. Thank you, Jack Marshman, yeah, you, and the judges. You you got away with uh, you got away with, with with that one. We both thought Phillips won, but it was competitive enough. It wasn't like oh, a I, robbery. I right? thought I, I I thought it was close. I mean, I was emotionally pushing for Marshman because you had already won the. Uh-huh. The Dan Ing, uh, Ing, uh, right. Ig, Ig, Danny Henry, yes. which ended quickly and decisively. The one yes. that you picked was quick and decisive. Mine was a, uh, arguably a gift decision at a catch weight. So, um, <laughs> th- you know, very. I feel very blessed to be four two and two. Um, but let's run down. Let's run down this card uh, because it was uh, it was great, and we were we both. It was um, the main event. You and I both picked with our heads not our hearts we both picked there until the win uh largely based on his his size and not so much picking him uh because he's amazing but picking against masvidal because he often comes up short in big fights he doesn't seem to uh fight to the scorecards or know how to win rounds and he often doesn't seem to fight up to his potential well even though we love him so we were we were obviously wrong yeah. and the, thankfully very wrong. Like I was saying last week, Masvidal is the more skilled fighter ever. Yes. He showed it in the wrestling department. He showed yep. it uh, with his hands. He he showed it with his offense and defense. Uh, but his timidity is what has cost him so many of these decisions. And that fight really did depend on which version of Masvidal was going to show up. The aggressive version showed up, the same one that fought uh, Donald Cerrone, actually. It seems like he's in a good place and he's firing on all cylinders. He's got a bunch of very, very serious weapons and a lot of experience and seemingly not a whole lot of wear. So he can really be this guy that, that comes into his own at 35, 36 years old and, and becomes either the very top contender uh, or champion. Like, he's he's got that kind of skill. Kumar Usman's going to have something to say about that. But uh, right. in, in the meantime, Masvidal looked fantastic. It seemed like Till uh, is largely uh, – I think I had mentioned this last week on, on our podcast – Till's largely a, a kind of two or three trick pony. He he's fast for the division. Um, he throws a quick straight left hand from that southpaw stance, and yes. he throws a, a pretty quick left kick. That's really all that you have to worry about with Till. He's not really going to take you down or or throw a or throw a right kick even uh, almost ever. Um, he's not really going to out jab you. Um, with Till, there's really only that first layer, as I think what we're finding out between this loss and the loss to Tyron Woodley in his last bout. Uh, Till essentially kind of ran out of options once he realized, whoa, Masvidal's countering everything, and I'm not really landing. He's slipping my left. He's countering my kick. Like, I don't really know what to do. And that's when Masvidal went, well, this is a good opportunity uh, to add the uh, switch stance left hand to this combo that I've already thrown three times. And Masvidal threw that jab cross. Uh, and and uh, instead of just throwing kind of a left jab following the right hand, he took a right step 
and threw that left hand, which made it a power punch, kind of like T.J. Dillashaw does during his blitzes. Stephen Thompson is known for it as well. Um, and Masvidal did a good job of moving his head out of the way from any incoming offense, knocked him out. He looked spectacular, um, and uh, and I'm glad that he's kind of coming to his own. He's a guy that a lot of people root for, and I think that's exemplified in the fact that everybody's given him a pass for essentially beating yeah. somebody up. Yeah, and, and, and we could talk about that in a second. So Masvidal did not seem like a guy with 16 pro years of, of weather no. on him. His hands were fast. He, uh, he mixed everything up really well. Uh, his footwork was, I, I felt, light years beyond what, what Till was bringing to the table. And I felt like once he started threatening the takedown, um, that Till was, maybe not literally, but seemed kind of close to tripping over himself. Like, I did not feel um, like Till seemed steady in there for most of the, for some of the first and all of the second round. Um yeah, it was uh, it was a hell of a, it was a hell of a performance. It's also of note when we talk about if he's gonna get Usman down the road, which may or may not happen. Um, Damian Maya, one at least. Dam- yes, Damian Maya, who's fought everybody at middleweight and welterweight over a, a, quite a long career. Um, I think at least twelve years in the UFC, maybe eleven years in the UFC or so. Been a while twelve sure. years in the UFC. Um, has said that of all the of all the people that he's fought, that he thought Masvidal had, you know, the best jujitsu, or arguably the I best jujitsu. Uh, I actually, I, I actually, I'm in the minority here, but I actually would give Masvidal that decision if I were a judge because Masvidal, I, that was uh, a, Masvidal was did some damage and Maya did none. I was rooting for Maya at the time because I wanted him to get the title shot because that was before he got the Woodley shot. But I I agree. I thought I thought Masvidal brought uh, brought the fight to him, and guess what? Didn't get choked out. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. To, to say the least, uh, I, I thought he looked good, even though he did end up spending half of rounds two and three, if I remember correctly. Uh, you know, w- uh, with Maya on his back, Masvidal is an excellent fighter. Um, he's not that small for this division. He's got power in his hands. He's got solid jujitsu. He's got some of the best wrestling in the division. When I said last week that his wrestling is the best of, of anyone that Tillis fought. When I said that it was better than Woodley's, I meant it. Woodley couldn't really take Till down. Woodley got him down with a right-hand counter. Um, Masvidal actually took him down clean. Yeah. Masvidal training with a guy like Yo Romero, a much bigger man who's, who's one of the best wrestlers, who's extremely athletic, uh, has really helped him a lot, I think, in that department. Um, he's, he's a serious contender. If he's fighting with strategy, we're talking about, uh, we're talking about a number one contender quality fighter. Um, he seemed hungry and like he felt like he had nothing to lose yeah, until fought, until felt like a guy with something to lose. For the first time ever, I, I watched uh, one of George Masvidal's street fights back in the day, one of those Kimbo orchestrated yeah. events, and it's insane. He looked about the same, right? He had this long mm-hmm. hair and you know as much beard as he could muster at the time. This this would probably 17, 18 year old kid, and he was fighting this adult man uh, and outlasted him and and, and beat him. Not that he had a whole lot of power back then, but man, that he looked the same. If you look at his stance, you look at the way he moves. Interesting. He looks so similar now. Um, How the hell did he get knocked out by Rodrigo Dan? I guess anybody can have a bad night. I I guess because he does <laughs> have a solid chin. I think cutting all, weight may be a factor there. With all the guys, that, with all the guys that he's fought, all of the heavy-handed yeah. monsters to look yeah. down, look at his his resume and be like. The one time you got KO'd was I think Rodrigo there's a Dan. reason he moved up from a 155. I think, yeah. I think that was a factor there, too. I thought that was a welterweight fight. Was uh, 
I don't. I, I don't. Th- I think he's done quite well at welterweight. No, he has. But I feel like I. F- I think the fight against Rodrigo. Damn. Let me look it up. Yeah, he wasn't fighting at welterweight back then, was he? It was a long. It was an. It was a long time that ago. That was back in two thousand eight. I'm pretty sure he was a lightweight back then. Yeah, but, fight, mean, but fight, yeah, you're right. No, well, he was a light. He was a lightweight then. Uh, so so yeah, he's um he George is very legitimate. I am super impressed. Now he got into a bit of a thing uh, after this event. For those that haven't seen it for some reason, Oof, it, was, sure uh, was, it sure was striking on the on TV. George Masvidal was uh, was getting interviewed by I think Megan Olivi, and it sounds like uh, Leon Edwards was walking by and started talking trash to Masvidal. He's saying, "I'll see you in July. You can get whipped in July." Something like that. I think it was more than whipped. Uh, uh, sure. I, I, th- I think he used some expletives, and um, and uh, Masvidal just kind of. Acted as if there was no interview happening. Uh, just calmly walked over toward where Edwards was, uh, with his hands initially behind his back, and 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 as they walked up to, up toward each other, it looked like Edwards started to raise his hands just to his waist, and Masvidal, with his hand on, on kind of the railing, very casually just turned into an opportunity to grab grab uh, Edwards' hand and throw a one, two, three, four combo. And it was three of which so fast. It was. It was. It was. <laughs> Hilariously this is the kid that comes from the streets, like much like the Diaz's, much like Norma Gomerov and his crew. Like you don't really talk trash to everyone and get away with it. Now, does that make it okay that this adult man in his mid thirties just straight up attacked a man, threw punches at him? No, it doesn't make it okay. Probably but not. I, will he get away with it and get a bunch of positive publicity for it? Yeah. I listen. I, I I've always gravitated, and maybe it's my thick-headed guinea like respect right. <laughs> stuff, but. I've I've always really enjoyed the fighters who don't trash talk and uh, and get it done in the cage and have respect for their opponents and um, you know that could be whether that's still rather style or GSP stuff. No, I'll I I pretty much never root for Conor McGregor. It's not about rooting for him. Who do you want to watch more, that quiet guy or Conor motherfucking McGregor? The quiet guy. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. So if you have I like to, what my favorite thing to do is watch the quiet guys beat the fuck out of Conor oh, McGregor. Oh, same here. I'm not talking about who you're rooting for <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah. I'm saying whose no, fight I mean, do you want to watch more? Think, the one that talked trash and you know that he's either no. going to back it up or he's going to look like an asshole, excuse me. It's I don't know. It, it's a my 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 response to that is is complicated. Like if I would would I like to never have to see Colby Covington fight again? Yes. Given really? the, given the choice to never see Colby Covington fight again. Or watch him get pounded and then never fight again. I guess I would choose the latter. But I thought you were a pro wrestling mark. Can't you appreciate a heel? It's di- I, I can appreciate a heel, and the heel that I liked was I liked I liked the way that Chael Sonnen went about being a heel. He was a likable heel because he was so over the top. He was clearly in on the joke. It was yes. it was almost meta. Yes. what he did. Colby Covington really seems like a lousy human being. He does, but, <laughs> but that's what makes us actually dislike him. But I, I want to see. Well, the the and thing what, that I what like I'm saying is there is value to it. We care about Colby Covington for absolutely no other reason. Well, here's the thing that is great what, about Colby Covington. What, yeah, he creates Kamaru Usman fans. Uh, yes, I wasn't absolutely. I'm an Usman now. Colby Just like Chael Sonnen cr- uh, made Anderson Silva a star. Chael Sonnen brought attention to the bout. Anderson Silva won the bout in dramatic fashion. And then Anderson Silva walked away as a much more famous fighter. 
I would also argue, this and has value. I'm, bit, it, it, I'm not saying it doesn't have value. I'm just talking about like my, my personal emotional responses. You know who oh, Chael, you know who Chael Sonnen created as a hero mm-hmm. fighter who he never gets credit for? Who's that? Michael Bisbing. When I think of the moments, because I, like everybody else, early. You're saying it was that early, bad. Well, yeah, well, let me tell you why. Uh-huh. Like early Bisbing drove me crazy because I thought he lost the Hamill fight. And he talked, and he was a shit talker. And then he had a lot of easy middleweight fights. And then, then you started to see him get jobbed. Like the the I did I enjoy watching him lose to Vanderlei, kind of. But did I enjoy watching him lose to Hendo? Absolutely. But right. as he, as he's fighting guys that are clearly juiced, and then he fights Sonnen, and I thought that he won that fight. I thought Bisping deserved it. I did too. And then at the end, Sonnen went up to him and said, "I think you got it." And yeah. then they gave Sonnen the decision. Yep. And then Sonnen gave him a lot of credit, in, and I and I started to realize that Bisping was, get, is getting the short end of the stick, either having to fight juice heads or, you know, or from a decision. And I feel like that was the moment where where people became, like, started pulling for Bisping as an underdog. And that's um, why everyone went nuts when he, when, he, when he, you know, smacked the smirk off of the arrogant rock hold. I was, think I it think, was. I think it was later than that. I think it was later than that that Bisping tapped into a version of his personality that's much more likable. I don't think Bisping. I think it started guy. after the. I think it started after the Sonnen. You, you may be right. Maybe he picked up a couple of things from Sonnen with his with, with his high level trash talk. But, uh, but well, he but got. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't think he was a a uh, the likable guy against Brian Stan, which he fought. Who he fought after Sonnen. Uh, I don't think he was the likable necessarily guy against Vitor Belfort. Um, against Alan Belcher, it was it, it was it was shortly after that 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 was kind of developing. Uh, see, I put him. I, I liked him more than Belcher because Belcher was really obnoxious and has the worst tattoos in MMA. Um, um, he did get laid on by Tim Kennedy. Uh, the I, I actually won a bet that night. I remember because my bet was simple: that that fight between Alan Belcher and Michael Bisping would stay standing. And that Michael Bisping would out kickbox Alan Belcher. That was my bet, uh-huh. uh, and that's exactly what happened in the bout. I was uh, I was very excited to be proven right. Well, the, I think I think that the Kung Lee fight was a big confidence builder for him. Yes, because I, agree. I like Kung Lee, but 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 there was no way to not be impressed with Bisping's performance in that fight. Agreed. He, um, he just overwhelmed them after after kind of a, a rough start, but Kung Lee didn't have the conditioning to, no, to he deal didn't. with Bisping. Um, which are kind of a, a, <laughs> Kind of a thread in in the Kung in Kung Lee's career as he faced uh, tougher competition. Anyway, we're way off topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are. But I, I I have no problem with that. Now, uh, uh, so so we were discussing the last card and we we're discussing yeah, the fight yeah. between the the after the bout. Uh, oh yeah, so uh, yeah. Well, Edwards, 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 and Edwards. Well, I had, I think I had picked. Uh, did we both pick Nelson? We did both pick Nelson. Yeah. I actually changed my pick, not officially with you. Uh, but I did change my pick later on. I, I do this uh, draft picks thing with uh, with with a close buddy of mine, and I I, I chosen Edwards in, in that, and I decided that Edwards was going to do very similar to what we saw actually, because yeah. I figured he'd have kind of kind of a rough start and then win a super 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 close decision. Uh, it, it it turned out you know kind of like that. I thought he was pretty decisively winning the second and third round. He was. I thought Nelson would get top position a lot sooner than he did. Uh, yeah. I mean, he had it at the end. I thought. I thought that. I thought that Edwards was going to find himself in that position in the first half of the fight. I thought he did. I thought the first he round wasn't was ma- when, he wasn't mounted, was he? Uh, no, I don't think he was mounted. But he did take him down pretty cleanly in that first round. But Edwards again. Edwards really is. He got, has quietly uh, 
like I, I don't know if I don't know if I said this. I had this in my notes from last week. I'm not sure if I said it on the podcast, but Edwards has a thing where he's like very good at everything, like a very good jack of all trades. Yeah, versus which is Gunner. rare in the UK. Yeah, uh, versus Gunner, who is you know a durable really, jujitsu player. Uh, I don't know how durable he is, but yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a great he, jujitsu player. I don't know. Did you see like when he fought? Was he fighting Cowboy Oliveira when he got his face? Yes, that was broken, impressive. and then still got. That's for me. To me, that's durable. Uh, yeah, that's a fair point. I think he has heart. Uh, I just feel like once he I mean, starts he fights all hit, of his fights with his hands down. I mean, he's pretty. He's taken some lumps to get in. Get those. He doesn't usually look the same in the third round as he does in the first. Now, right. is does he fall apart? Is he easily finished? No, but he's also gotten uh, TKO'd, I believe, a couple of times. Those were his yeah, losses. Yeah, I wonder how much weight he cuts too, because he does seem like he's got. From my understanding, he's uh, basically 155 pounder who doesn't want to cut the weight. Oh, really? Okay. He actually, uh, I think, says that about himself. Wow. Um. So, so uh, again. Edwards had such a great performance. Leon Edwards did, uh, who's quietly yeah. like uh, p- picking up a seven fight win streak. A couple of those fights against guys like Cerrone, top five, uh, top and, six and in the division, no yeah, doubt. Yeah, uh, a couple of those wins against Cerrone and Edwards, who are, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Cerrone and Gunner, who are you know top talent, who are very well respected and recognized. Yeah. Um, and then he talks trash to Masvidal after, and kind of looks bad in the situation by by taking three shots and getting cut. Um, he wants the Masvidal fight. Masvidal doesn't. What do you think will play out here? I think we'll probably get that fight because it's so marketable. If not, I'd really like to see Edwards fight Woodley. Uh, I think that's a great. I agree with you. That's a great. That's I think a, it's a. It's a huge. I mean, it immediately gives. It, it's like okay, Edwards, you get a title shot after this, right. or it's like Tyron. What do you got left in the? Like, can you still? And it's kind are of you a, still a top five. Are you a top five fighter, Tyron? Yeah, it's it's kind of a win-win for the UFC because they've either got this young twenty-seven or twenty-eight-year-old kid who who is now beating a former champion, even though he's not super marketable and super exciting to watch fight, uh, versus the former champ, uh, who if he re- if he wins, then then he's still you know headliner yeah. potentially, and he can still and potentially uh, uh, you know make some money for you. So it is kind of a win-win for the UFC. And I think getting Edward, rid of somebody that they don't necessarily yeah. want up there. And I favor Edwards in that fight. I would too, as of, as of right now. Same here. Um, so what else? Oh, you know, on that card, there was a little bit of uh, exposure, and I, you and I, I don't think are in Reyes. agreement here. I thought I did not think Dominic Reyes looked good at all compared to these other fights where he just seemed like a, like a, you know, like the natural. Like he seemed like a world beater, in, in his other fights, and at the same time, it was Madeira. Who, uh, who Ozdemir? Ozdem- Ozdem- what did I say? Oz- oh, I said Ozdemir. Ozdemir, uh, who gassed against uh, Anthony Smith after putting it on him, and had to, you know, who ran into Cormier, who almost anyone's gonna get, you know, it's gonna yeah. get flipped on their head. Mm-hmm. Um, I had thought that this was really gonna be a showcase fight for for Dominic Reyes and. I I had Ozdemir uh, winning the fight. I thought he was technical. I thought he paced himself. I thought he landed the better shots. Uh, I thought he had great composure throughout. Um, and I thought Reyes looked looked flustered, got uh, took more damage, um, and I didn't feel like he had a whole heck of a lot on his strikes. Whereas in previous fights. I thought I thought he did. I never saw uh, Ozdemir, who was, you know, who got hurt in his last two fights, um, even you know, even blinking. I thought he was supremely confident and controlled the fight. I was shocked by that decision. Now I know not everyone was, 
But that was my that was my um, takeaway. I also it's possible I was swayed by the commentary because that's exactly the, Dan Hardy's commentary very was very very much behind, uh, and his commentary partner who's name I forget right was, now. Uh, uh, who, uh, yeah, they, they were very much behind uh, Ozdemir there. They were what, they were shocked. I, what I think by happened was yeah. is that Ozdemir won that first round, and everybody expects this serious prospect on Reyes to beat the guy that's zero and two in his last two in uh, in Ozdemir. Uh, they expect him to run him over, right? And so when Ozdemir has a good first round in which he gets a takedown, in which he lands some strikes, suddenly there's a redemption story here. And I think Dan Hardy got very excited about that potential redemption story. And in that second competitive close round in which in which I thought it was pretty clear that Reyes landed some clean left hands and some clean heavy body kicks, whereas Ozdemir landed almost nothing except for a couple of leg kicks. Well, and- he broke his nose. Well, that's what they said. Is that is that actually a fact? Because that well, was he another... could, well, he couldn't. I mean, it seemed his nose looked messed up, and he clearly was mouth breathing. So they sure, and and, and I get that. But is there any report of a broken nose? Because I, no. I think I think that the commentators decided that his nose was broken at the end of that first round, which made them see him as losing in that second. I would love to watch that uh, five minutes like second to, round. I would him. like to watch that. Um, watch we, that again. We we agree that first round uh, Ozdemir won, and third round was raised, right? I gave all three rounds. Really, to I I would love to watch those last. I thought it was a clear thirty twenty seven. Um, I, I would love to rewatch it with you because I'd love to see what you what you mean and, and I'd love to explain. Well, to we you should what, watch what it I with mean. no. We, we should watch it with no volume. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll do that as a supplement. So not necessarily tonight, but we'll. Uh, that'd be we, great. We do that. Yeah. That'd be a that'd be a fun exercise. There are fights where I've gone back. I mean, the first one I remember doing that, having to watch it and rewatch it with no sound over and over again, was who uh, Machida won. I remember the difference it made when I watched that fight with uh, without volume. Uh, against who? Who Shogun Hua against Machida? Oh, I see. Yes, yes. Ten years ago, and I I did give the I believe I that Machida Shogun clearly won. I thought Machida won, and yeah. the crowd. I mean, the the, the uh, commentators were behind Shogun. Yes. Wait. But, oh, uh, was that? I thought the commentators were behind Machida. Maybe. You're no, right. I think the show, they were like they were all so shocked that Shogun had kind of solved the puzzle. Because Shogun did quite well in a lot of yeah. in, mo- in most of it. I, I remember. I, I was also rooting for Shogun, but I do remember I was thinking Shogun for, beat him. I was rooting for Machida, and I felt when I watched it without volume. I remember watching it the first time and thinking that Shogun won, and then I watched it without volume, and I and I thought Machida won won three rounds to two. Uh, um, I see. Yeah, so uh, that I, would, I hear that. That's a fun exercise for us to do. That was is watching without volume. Um, so yes. the rest of the card, uh, Nate, really quickly. Uh, Nathaniel Wood, real a real prospect, um, subbed uh, Jose Quinones. A, a very exciting fight. Uh, Claudio Silva, another Roberts, another yeah. compact jack of all trades uh, Brazilian fighter. Who's I think Claudio Silva is mostly a, a a expert grappler who doesn't have great wrestling and you know yeah, does okay is. standing. I wouldn't call him Jack of all No, you're right. He's, he's not. Very, he's no, I don't know why I said that. He is a. He is a. He is a. He is a submission guy. He does. I guess he's built. He's built like the prototypical Brazilian grappler. That's true. And he'll he'll stand there and he'll strike and he'll take and he'll get clipped a lot. And Danny Roberts landed some big shots yes, and you know a, a rough ending to that fight. But that was one of those fights with with a uh, no loser. Silva hadn't fought in a very long time. And uh, yeah, he fights every few years. What did you think of the stoppage where Silva had an armbar and Danny Roberts, who was kind of working his way out, kind of yelped for a second and then and then continued to move and basically was out. And the referee stopped. I thought it was too. I thought it, the, yeah, I thought it was a bad. Uh, I thought it was a bad stoppage. Yeah. Um, you've got to really, you know, and the guy, you know, the uh, Big John's the best at that. 
at knowing when a guy's a guy's not going to be able to come back from an armbar and it's essentially over. It's a shame that Big John has gone from refereeing now because Herb Dean was the other great ref, uh, and uh, and he's been looking terrible over the last couple of years. Um, yeah, good refereeing is goddamn rare. That was it was a tough one for tough one for Denny Roberts there. Uh, we don't have to say a lot about you know, the fight that caused us to draw Jack Marshman against Marshman John Phillips. Phillips. It, yeah. did, it looked like a it looked like a regional fight. Basically, um, it was, and Marshman was, Marshman was fighting the points. Phillips was Phillips wanted a uh, wanted a barroom brawl. Yep, and it was just awkward and not fun for anybody. Yeah, um, Arnold Allen looked pretty darn good against yeah, Jordan Rinaldi. He did. The kid is pretty legit, I think, and, uh, and and you know he needs to shore up his defensive wrestling. And outside of that, um, he looks good. Uh, we've got Dikasi who came back after uh, losing the first man. round to Joe Duffy and then just taking over, man. Once he hurt Duffy, it seemed like Duffy's durability completely Wait, you thought you thought he lost the first round to Duffy? Uh, I thought so. I did not. I thought, really? I, he not, he, I thought he, he, uh, I thought that he dropped Duffy in the first round. Maybe, maybe you're right. I, I thought I, that he'd controlled every second of that fight, which really? I didn't expect at all. There's a chance also that I wasn't paying attention as much yeah. attention in the first round as I did in rounds two or three, but I really thought that uh, that it was a 29-28 uh, decision, hmm. I- at least initially. Let me fly over to MMA Decisions and see if anyone else on the planet agreed with you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, Otherwise, we've got Dan Ige, who looked like a world beater, just smoking Danny Henry, pressuring right through him. Um, 30, 20, yeah, you're absolutely right. Wow, I, I must have not been paying attention in that first he, round, and I'm happy to... Du- I don't know if there was something wrong with Duffy or if... Uh, Daikizi got that tough and pulled his game together since his last loss. He was very emotional at the win. I'm a Duffy fan. I don't. I was not a fan of of Daikizi, yeah. but I am now. I thought that he re- it was an, it was nice. It was a nice redemption fight um, because he really he really put it all together. He looked great uh, everywhere. He wasn't overly flashy. Yeah, and. Um, he just got he just got the job done. He fought he he fought like a well rounded fighter. Um, a big shout out also to Mike Grande who knocked out Nad Armani, which is very impressive. Nad Armani's a legit prospect himself. Mike Grande, who's known as a wrestler, looked like a world beater on the feet, and that is impressive and that is scary for. And how many wrestlers? How many British wrestlers do we know that have that kind of uh, combination of like clean? Beautiful stand-up and yeah. serious offensive wrestling. Uh, guy's uh, athletic. He's explosive. Um, he's got a serious future, I think, uh, uh, as long as his coaching is up to yeah. par. There were a couple of lousy fights, and uh, Molly Meatball McCann had a, had a nice victory, even though she got her orbital bone broken. There was a terrible heavyweight fight. Between Sufferbeck Safarov and oh. Nick, Nick, Nick Yeah, who we, who we both picked. He was coming out of a, a Romanian fighter yeah. who the who Dan Hardy kept saying he was not fighting anything like the tape that they've seen on him. He actually um, was fighting exactly like the tape that I've seen on him. <laughs> He's terrible. He okay. has no technique. I just didn't think that the, that the Russian was going to have... Like, his knees just kept going out on him in his prior two bouts. I didn't think he could stand on his own two feet, right. uh, let, alone, let alone get takedowns, but that's exactly what he did. He got takedowns and controlled, and it was boring, and... He won. Now, I do want to say quickly, uh, I suggested a um, if you have 20 bucks that you don't mind never seeing again bet Uh-oh. on George Mosvidal last time because the odds were so lopsided for how even that fight should have been. Um, they were. And, and, and George Mosvidal worked out. A couple of weeks ago on our Facebook uh, group, MMA Geeks, which, by the way, guys, feel free to feel free to join us there if you want to discuss uh, MMA events and, and that sort of thing. 
um, on in the MMA geeks geeks group, Nick, I, I suggested a couple of bets in that Bellator event, and they worked out quite well. Um, I think I'm going to make this a, a a weekly thing, Nick, and I'm, and I'm going to see how far we can go with this. Okay. With with this uh, betting advice. Um, now, we've got uh, we've got a little bit of news to to discuss. Um, T.J. Dillashaw has actually publicly like gone out of his way and and uh, and announced that USADA flagged him for for something in the system, and and he would be relinquishing his title voluntarily. Now I've never heard of anyone doing that if they genuinely thought they were innocent. It doesn't seem like T.J. Dillashaw thinks that he was innocent, um, but he is apparently suspended for a year and relinquishing his title officially. So we've got this weird situation where. Henry Cejudo. Uh, I believe that's just that's the New York State Athletic Commission that's uh, given him a year suspension. UFC and USADA is TBD. So you're saying that uh, you're saying that they might give him even more on top of that. Possible. That, that that is interesting. Good point. I believe that's I believe that's the case. So popped by Cejudo, popped by USADA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, like the more you find out about TJ, like the less you think he's a good guy. Um, I know that we can't assume everybody's guilty uh, uh, until until you know. Well, remember Cody. Cody said a couple uh, years he ago. He was like, he was like, he's juicy. He's like, he's, the, he's like, he's the one that taught all the guys in Team Alpha Mill how yep. to get away with it, and then everyone was yep. just really quiet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that 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 was awkward considering was super uh, considering awkward. he was a member. Uh, Cody was a Team Alpha Mill at the time. Also, this is got to be pretty good for Cody, right? He can make the claim that TJ was on steroids the entire time. And, yeah, and he was just kind of stupid in his last fight. This gives him a little Pedro bit. Pedro Munoz wasn't. <laughs> no, 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 probably not. Uh, but, but, uh, but, but it's still, I think it's it's a bit of a new life thing for for Cody, where he can say, "Look, I was stupid in my last bout. Everybody knows it, right? That was a stupid thing to do. I made a mistake, but I was a better fighter." He could say, "Certainly." Um, and, but TJ was juiced. People become sympathetic once if their big yeah. losses were against guys who pop. It's, uh, it's one of the things that happened with Bisping. So we've got that. We've got that news. We've got um, a very exciting fight. It was there was meant to be Raging Ally Quinta against um, Tony Ferguson, but Ferguson's got some personal problems. Sounds like he's going a little crazy. Um, we're seeing this with a lot of guys, so I don't know if it's CT or weight cuts or whatever, or just the pressure being fighters, but I hope these guys are looking out for themselves and their health. And also, also the organization is doing that. So we're going to get uh, Raging Al against Donald Cerrone which is a really good fight between two guys who don't seem to have much quit in them these days. Um, I would favor Rage now in that fight. I would too. I think he's a little bit uh, stronger, a little bit more durable. I think he knocks him out against the cage with the body-body headshot. I think you're. I, I think that's a very good call. Um, I just don't see Cerrone being able to hurt him. No. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm sorry, like... If you think about it, not knocking out. I can't a, think you can hurt A lot him. of Cerrone's like bigger wins have been against guys with his exact stature, not unlike his style. So there, there is. I mean, if you're a shorter guy and you're relying on your striking mostly, and or wrestling, like Cerrone is probably going to do well against you. Probably. I just think I, I Quinta has the coaching and, and the knowledge that like you go deep to that body, um, and he will crumble. I think I think that's going to be a, a big key for him and. You know, he just needs to... Also, can Cerrone hit him any harder than Masvidal hit him? When, no, probably when, not. When You're I, right. When he has, I, when I Quinta got, got that gift decision, when yeah, I thought he, Mas, he a, Masvidal, Masvidal yeah. ripped him up. By the way, Cerrone might be able to take him down on like most that, of his opponents. 
I get Cerrone the edge there for sure. Really? Even with uh, Reginald having the, the wrestling background? I think he's got a high school wrestling background. He's not yeah. exactly known for his offensive wrestling. He's solid defensively, right? He and, sure was. And when he I tries, mean, he tends to do well with the offensive wrestling. But I think Cerrone, uh, from his WC days, has gone from uh, really bad at wrestling to excellent, excellent offensive shot. I don't think he'll be able to. Really I don't know that he'll be able to take him down. But it, but here's the thing. I think if Reginald loses that fight, Cerrone's jiu-jitsu has gotten really good. I could see, and, and I could see, um, but I, yeah. Um, so it was, maybe it's less of a secret now. I could yeah, see, I could see, I, I could see him potentially subbing him, but I'm still, I still think Reginald either gets the decision or gets the TKO, which would be a bummer for Cerrone, who's got this this new resilience. I just think he's like he's a crazy dude fighting a crazier dude. I think Cerrone should have just. Uh, I think Cerrone should have just stayed put and waited for that Connor fight and made it happen because he he's must gonna know take a loss gonna happen for yeah. way less money against a young up and coming prospect who's got a higher chance of beating him. Uh, who's versus, built like a tank? Who's built yeah. like a tank versus uh, versus a guy like uh, like Connor McGregor who's going to bring in so much revenue, so much attention, and he has a decent shot of winning that fight if he can keep Connor out of his own head. I think that I think Kevin Lee and Ally Quinta are tougher fights for Cerrone than than, than Connor is. Yeah, although Kevin Lee again, he's that stocky wrestler who's relies uh, relies on his offensive takedowns. Doesn't have great cardio and uh, and and will have a reach disadvantage to Cerrone. I, I would favor Cerrone in that one. His next fight was just named. He's going against uh, Rafael dos Anjos. Uh oh. Um, um, at wel- at welterweight. At welterweight. Interesting. Yeah, and I I pick uh, Kevin Lee in that fight. Uh, at welterweight against Dos Anjos, I'm going to pick Dos Anjos in that fight. Is that a main event five rounder? Because then I would yep. put I would put a couple hundred dollars on Dos Anjos in that really? fight. Really, Dos Anjos is going to whoop his ass in the third or fourth round. Dos Anjos has not impressed me in a while. Uh, against uh, he looked good against uh, uh, former champion Lawler, Robbie Lawler. That was his welterweight fight where he looked good. But this is a fellow 155 pounder, so the yeah. size is the size discrepancy is not going to be there. Um, I, I would definitely, on paper, I like, I like the signings in that fight. And the last, the other uh, fight that was called that we can talk about, and then we really got in to get into this upcoming card because our yep. time is tick, tick, ticking away. Yep. Is um, Luke Rockhold, um, everybody's least favorite male model, is um, moving up to light heavyweight to fight uh, what's his name, the guy that just took a. Oh my God, Jan uh, Blankovic. Who just got knocked out by who? Who did he? Oh, oh is the, is he fought against Thiago fight? Santos. Yeah, I would much rather fight? see Rockhold Santos. That's um, the fight I would want to see. Like, welcome to light heavyweight. Luke Rockhold meet Thiago Santos. He's fighting Jan Blackowicz, who yeah. just got knocked out by Thiago yeah. Santos. I think recently. that's. A, I think that's a really favorable fight for Rockhold. I agree. And I, I would much rather have seen him walk into walk into Santos. By the way, if, if, if the Jan shows up that usually fights versus the one that showed it's up against tough. Santos, um, he can knock Luke out. Oh, Luke. anybody can knock. I think not I, anybody. Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, Michael's big, big, this big left hook did it, but like yeah. he's, he, he's he's been doing that for a little bit. And Rockhold's um, been getting. I mean, and Dave, Romero Dave, of all people's not anybody. David Branch came real close to knocking him out. Nah, he buzzed him. But he buzzed he, him he, good. He, he, he didn't hit the floor. His he did not hit bent. the floor. Uh, but, but he did buzz him, and, and David Branch hits hard with that right hand. Uh, I think it takes more than what uh, than what the average fighter has uh, to knock out Luke at this point. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I favored Luke in that matchup. I agree with you. I think Luke took that fight and waited for it for good reason. Um, so yeah, we, I agree. We, we so it's a pretty yeah. awesome card. To, yeah, to you, uh, UFC on ESPN down. six. Thompson versus Pettis. We've got um, 
We've got Stephen Thompson, who's known for his karate it's work. A fun card. Yeah, um, yeah. He, he's a 170-pounder fighting the former 155er and Anthony And, and temporary 145-pounder. Well, no, he tried. He was like a 148-pounder. Oh, did he not? Yeah. He didn't he make it? Wait, no. I don't know if that's true. I'm pretty sure. I'm I am going to fact-check the shit out of you right Nick, <laughs> shall, shall we place a, a friendly dollar bet? Um, a million Turkish lira. I'm in. Okay. I don't know how much money that is. I'm not sure either, but we're committed to it. We are committing to a million Turkish lira. I'm pretty sure neither of us can afford that. No, um, we, we probably can. Yeah, he made it. He made it against Charles Oliveira, and then he missed it against uh, Max Holloway. What so, makes you think Oliveira wasn't at 55? Does it say? Because uh, it's his featherweight debut. Okay, fair enough. I completely forgot that fight happened. But Me too. What happened to that belt? Let let's, let's find out what a million Turkish lira is for. Submission for Oliveira. Oh, no. Submission for... Oh, I do kind of remember now. Uh, so that is $184,000, Nick, that, that we just... Uh, that we just bought. Oh, wow. Is that what I owe you? That's great. That's just you shouldn't have bought great. that new bed. God damn it, Nick. Ugh. I haven't even finished billing it. Why are you getting away? I'm giving it back. I think I still have the box. Next time, do the currency exchange before you agree to the bet. Fair. Uh... Um, I just expected that you knew what the heck you were talking about good when you luck. said one million Turkish lira. Good, good luck. It sounded, sounded cool. It's an old Howard Stern joke, but uh, good luck explaining that to Lauren. Um, oh, man. I can't buy that did house, the pod, Did the podcast with Nick can't buy that house just yet. 200 grand over Anthony Pettis' weight. Uh, to change the subject. Um, okay, okay, so you know what? I'm going to give you a mulligan on that. We'll Are you serious? Because there's a recording yeah. of this. There's no, no more back I, it's, I, The podcast is more important to me than the $184,000. Well, that's great, because I, I was going to cut our living expenses big time. There. I would blow it all playing poker with Dana White anyway. Fair enough. Um because I don't play poker very well. So yeah, I've got I've got Stephen Thomas in this fight, and I think anyone who doesn't is doesn't know what they're talking about. <laughs> well, now, now that you said that, I guess I agree. Now that you said that, I guess I agree. Maybe but, maybe I'm wrong. But. But, no, I I do favor Thompson because I think a, a guy that he has a reach advantage over that's willing to strike uh, is usually a good matchup for him. I also think he's got a big advantage with his footwork. Uh, one of the reasons that yeah. Uh, one of the reasons that. Anthony Pettis has trouble against those wrestlers because he's easy to back up against that fence where the wrestlers initiate a grappling exchange. Um, he's easy to muscle. I don't know that Thompson's going to muscle him. I think Thompson's going to keep range and land some, land some serious strikes. He's a lot bigger. I'll be very shocked if the if the size difference isn't I mean, kind, there's is, a, isn't there's extremely a striking. Inch, there's a two-inch uh, height advantage. And looks like the same kind of about two or three inches in reach advantage for Thompson here. Thompson's got Thompson's broad shoulders. He's got broad so- shoulders. I, I think, think Thompson's a guy that if he lifted weights, he would have been a big welterweight. That's a fair point. Um, so yeah, I feel like he's got a big frame. I feel like he's bigger than GSP. Not not more muscled, but I think he's taller. got a bigger. I feel like he's wider. He's not wider than you don't, GSP. No, you don't think he's got. Uh, GSP has more muscular shoulders. I think that GSP's waist to shoulder ratio is like. Man, it's it's big. It's it's like yeah. it's like your ankle to your upper thigh. Yeah, um, he's he, he's he, he's a he's a special kind of specimen. Well, GSP's think, wide. John Jones is also I'm, very wide. I'm curious to see the size differential, and I I think uh, and like to Thompson's just Thompson's beat some big dudes. Yeah, he's been in there with some big dudes. He's beat some big dudes like Roy McDonald's not a small welterweight. The one thing is though that Pettis will probably have the speed advantage here with. Which Thompson yes. is not very not used to at all, um, and I think Pettis will feel free enough to just try some things. Which I agree which with that because Thompson can end up 
just staring across from the octagon for uh, uh, with yes. you for like five rounds. He can do that. Um, I'm I'm thinking that Pettis is going to initiate things and make it more interesting. I do I do favor Thompson to to uh, get maybe a late stoppage uh, um, because he he can kind of break down an opponent uh, like he sort of like he did to Masvidal. Um, so yeah, I, I favor Thompson, but I, I like this matchup better for Pettis than mm. against most top. 170-pound fighters. Yeah, I think that's fair. I don't think he has any business fighting at 170. Uh, maybe I'll be proven wrong. I think I think it'll only. I think it'll take one. You know, one big shot to daze him, and you know, and he'll get pounded out. Nick, uh, if you had to third. guess, yep. How many losses does Anthony Pettis have on his record? How many losses does Anthony Pettis have on his record? I can't remember if he if he was undefeated through WEC or not. If I had to guess how many losses he had, without you don't want me to count, you just want me to guess? Uh, either way. Just, just give me a number. I'm, 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 I'm curious if you're in the right ballpark, because I was a little bit surprised. I think he's got six to eight losses. He's got eight losses, yeah. yeah. I mean, this is a guy that I think only had one loss on his record when he won the title, I think. Well, when he lost to Clay Guida. Uh, two losses on his record when he won the yeah. title. Um, and so, yeah, that, like it's it's really interesting how kind of downhill his career has gone since. I do think Stephen Thompson also has, has been kind of a lower version of himself as he starts to age. I think the lack of strength training, and granted, I'm a, uh, I'm a personal trainer and, and I'm a big believer in strength training, but I think the lack of strength training isn't helping him either. Um, he's, you know, he's, he's been on a bit of a skid. He had those two mediocre fights against Tyron Woodley, that boring decision against Rory McDonald, which he did well, but it was a you know a Rory fraction fought. Of, it was Rory. a fraction of Rory. That was weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, George Masvidal he beat up, which was impressive as heck, especially after last weekend. Um, yeah, and then Ter- Darren Till he lost a decision that could have gone either way. He's just not been as successful as he has been. He's he is one, two, and one uh, in his last four bouts, which you know Stephen Thompson prior to that uh, hadn't had a loss in something like five or six, seven or eight bouts. So it's important to note that like as far as Pettis's ability to get him out of there like Stephen Thompson was hit extremely hard by Tyron Woodley True. and and did not get out of there he's a t- he's a d- he's and ever a- since that bat by the way he refuses to really engage with anyone he's a dur- he's a durable guy um yeah, yeah I just think I think it's a I, listen Thompson has a lot more to lose in this fight I agree than Pettis does but I agree Pettis is kind of a loss here for yeah. Pettis, and he can walk away saying, "Oh, well, you know, as a top one seventy pounder, I'm a way smaller guy." Well, he's lost a, t- a ton of fights over the last four too. years, anyway. That's right. Yeah. So next fight, we've got a, a kind of, I guess I wouldn't call it a get right fight because Justin Willis is tough, but I think Curtis Blades is gonna is gonna run through him. I think Blades is extremely talented, and um, the only reason he's not in the title picture is because Ngannou is a fucking beast. I actually think Justin Willis is a very skilled fighter. I'm actually pretty impressed with him. I don't think he's, uh, I don't think he's necessarily got to finish everybody and anyone, um, but you know he trains with those AKA guys, so he's used to the stocky wrestler, the stocky pressure wrestler. Um, he's got you know a win over Mark Hunt, and you know how he did it, Nick. He did it by just continually jabbing the guy. Uh, I'm not saying it was the best hunt we've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, but but Justin Willis, you know. After beating Chase Sherman and Alan Crowder, nobody expected him to out-jab Mark Hunt and beat him that way. He did. That, that shows a certain level of patience, a certain level of confidence. He's got plenty of yeah. confidence if you hear him That's talk. not going to work against Curtis Blades, though. Well, He's he, very athletic and has a pretty yes, diverse game. C- Curtis Blades is a bigger man. 
Um, he should have the wrestling edge. Uh, I don't think that Willis is a wrestler by trade, but I do think he has solid wrestling. Um, I, I do I do favor Curtis here. After being knocked down and buzzed, he wasn't devastatingly knocked out, but knocked down and buzzed by Francis Ngannou. Um, I do I do wonder, you know, how 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 will he fare taking a shot? He's been knocked down, by the way. Curtis Blades has in several several of his last few bouts. Uh, he certainly got hurt by Ngannou in the first uh, mm-hmm. first thirty or forty seconds of the bout. He got buzzed by Alistair Overeem. He got buzzed by Mark Hunt. Those are like the hardest hitting guys in the yeah. history of the sport. Yes, but, but. Uh, and and he has a lot of heart and he has durability, but he's been hurt in every one of his last three bouts, right? So yeah. usually what that means is sooner or later, and this happened to Campbell Vasquez. Sooner or later, this happened to Vanderlei Silva. Uh, yeah, it goes. Sooner or later, it goes, and then after that, your chin is probably not going to be. Yeah, I don't think he's there yet. Uh, I, I I hope he's not. I hope I hope Willis can't hit him quite hard enough for that because Willis is not your most likable character. Although I do think he's a very talented. Uh, I don't know enough about him. What makes him not likable? Uh, he he talked a bunch of trash uh, against Mark Hunt, and that and you know that's uh, hard to like. I wouldn't talk tra- trash against Mark Hunt mostly because of my own fear for my own. life. Well, fear for your own life is one thing, but also Mark Hunt's like a big teddy bear with CTE. Kind, I guess so. He seems to me like a like a Samoan gangster who could, who who I would take extremely seriously in all aspects of life. Doesn't mean he can't be a teddy bear like, and he is very likable. I just, yeah. I, I think he's a legit tough guy. Yeah, he's a like, tough. Guy. I don't mean tough guy. I mean like if, like in a in a bar fight, you wouldn't want he'll bite your nose off. Yeah, but also he probably wouldn't start shit with you. No, he would not. So like, if you start shit with him, much like Leon Edwards started shit with Miles Vidal. Like you're kind of Mark Hunt would never do that. Yeah. Uh, you're kind of well. Yeah, but don't do it to a fucking street fighter. Yeah, yeah. I just got a spectacular knockout. I would not talk shit again. I don't know why anybody could talk shit again. Um, So So, so, yeah, okay. So so I don't like him. I have Curtis Blades. We we both favor Curtis Blades. Um, Two of the same picks so far. I do think this could be a competitive bout. I I certainly don't think it'll be simple. I do think Curtis is bigger and has the better wrestling. So I'm giving him the edge in hopes that he won't get hurt uh, Mm -hmm. by Willis as well. Probably has a better conditioning also. I think. Um, Next fight. Uh, it's a replacement fight. Uh, so I'm not sure this... who's fighting currently. Is this is this Pineda or yeah, is it? It's Pineda. Pineda's replacing. Okay. Uh, what's his name? Narmani. Yeah. Against Macdessi and Macdessi's the heavy favorite here. Um, Pineda doesn't have just doesn't have the resume. He's only 22. Um, I just think that Macdessie sh- has sh- has shown more, and that he'll uh, he'll probably fight a little more conservatively than usual because of the late uh, opponent change, but I think he'll be able to um, you know land land more strikes, uh, do more damage. I don't think he'll necessarily have the same killer instincts he usually does. He'll probably throw less spinning shit, um, but I see him basically winning a, a kickboxing match. Yeah, um, I I actually have watched some Jesus Pinedo fights. Um, one of the well, one of the few guys I was able to do some tape study on. Somebody had to because I didn't remember much about him. He has that one UFC win over Devin Powell. Um, I I think he's got some talent. He's got uh, a, he's got a good amount of reach and height advantage. He's got uh, four inches of reach and something like eight inches of uh, of, of reach uh, of uh, of reach over Macdessie. Um It's going to make a difference. Uh, six inches, I'm sorry, he's got six inches of reach and four inches of height on Macdessie. Um I, I know Macdessie is the better tactician. I know he's probably more technical. Um, I'm going to give him the edge here, but this is about where I may change my mind at some point. 
Uh, I, I just think Benedo is going to be busier. I think he's probably the kind of kid that stays in the gym and trains at all times, so he shouldn't be out of shape going into this one. Um, and it's not like McDessie's been looking spectacular lately. He's got, right. uh, you know, he's got three uh, three losses in his last six bouts. Uh, I'm picking McDessie here, but I may change my mind at some point. Um, next up, we've got Hussier Formiga uh, versus uh, Devison Figueredo. Um, two Brazilians go- going up here. Uh, a grappler versus striker matchup, I think. What are your thoughts about this one, Nick? Uh, Figueredo has been uh, lights out since um, since showing up on the UFC scene. Uh, I think that this is the, this is the end of uh, Formiga's days as a contender. Um, I think that he probably gets uh, finished in the second round of, of this fight. By Figueredo. Yeah, Figueredo's going to finish Formiga. Um, so, yeah, I actually thought we were going to differ on this one. Um, but we don't. I, I, I am giving I am giving this to Figueredo. This is another one where I do see how I can go either way. Mm-hmm. See, the way I look at it is that um, Formiga's been looking really good against guys like Sergio Pettis, yep. Ben and Guillon, um, Ulka Sasaki. These are younger, kind of more athletic guys who who can be outgrappled, who are not necessarily uh, much stronger than him or strong enough to keep uh, Jose Formiga from kind of grappling them. Ray Bork, Henry Cejudo, these are the guys that he lost to. Joseph Benavides, John John Dotson, these are experienced guys who have the athletic advantage. Um, That fits the bill with, uh, with his opponent, for this uh, for this bout and Davidson Figueredo, um, Davidson is, is dynamic. He's explosive. He's got power, uh, especially yeah. at the flyweight division. That's impressive. That's rare. I think he's like a different level of athlete. Agreed. Uh, which I'm I'm thinking will allow him to stay free of, of the grappling exchanges or to survive long enough to take over once Juicy Formiga gets tired, uh, which he tends to do later in a bout. Um, so so I, I, I this is another one where I may change my mind. Uh, but I am uh, I am picking Figueredo uh, as of this moment. Yeah, I mean, the uh, he's one of the only guys to finish uh, John Moraga. The only other guy was um, John Dodson at, right. at flyweight. So I just I just feel like he's got thunder, and he's going to bring it. Yeah, uh, and, and and I mean, it will take more than thunder. He just seems like an athlete. He seems like a yeah. He does. I just yeah. think I think that uh, Formiga gets hit a lot. I hear that. And uh, can't really afford to get hit by this guy. No, much. that's that's yeah. I think it's gonna. Right. I think it could. I would. I won't be surprised if it's a steamroll. Really? Um, yeah. Really? I just think he's gonna come out aggressive. Uh, we'll see. the The next fight we got a uh, Luis Pena against uh, Steven Peterson. In this one, um, I've got Pena, but I can't remember exactly why. Oh, oh, Pena is uh, is is Bob Ross, violent Bob Ross. Yep, that's right. From the um, Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, and I can't remember much about Steve Peterson right now. Yeah, uh, he's he won a split decision against Matt Bissett. He lost to Brandon Davis. He's one on one in the UFC. Yeah, um, he lost to Benito Lopez uh, at the kind of contender series. I mean, part of this I think is semi favorable matchmaking because you know Louis Luis Pena is. Uh, yeah, I believe he lost his last fight by decision, but it was it was pretty close. And I think um, I think they want this guy around because he's marketable. Uh, Pena. Yeah, I agree. So uh, I, I I think uh, I'm giving him the nod here. Steven Peterson is one and one in the UFC, and his loss is to Brandon Davis, who is one and three in the UFC. He is Brandon Davis's only victory 
Uh, granted, Brandon Davis has otherwise fought some pretty high-level tough competition. <laughs> including Zabit. Uh, including Zabit Magomed Sharipov in his last bout. Good pronunciation. Uh, Louis Penny is somebody that... Uh, I'm from the region, I should know. Uh, Louis Penny is somebody that... You have to show off. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he, he's, he, he's somebody that uh, I, I actually had, had my eye on from the Ultimate Fighter. He's a talented dude. He's actually very marketable, very interesting guy to listen to. He's kind of captivating in that yeah. Ronda Rousey way where... Once he's talking, you're paying attention. He doesn't. He doesn't go as negative as Ronda, uh, which is which is kind of nice too. Um, I, yeah, I like Luis here. I think I think he's going to have the stand up advantage and he'll have the ground advantage. He lost a close decision to Mike Trezano, who's also a very talented guy. I had trouble making pick uh, on that fight. I think I, uh, I think I ended up going with Pena there too. But uh, but Trezano looked really good and outworked Pena in a very close bout and got the decision. Um, I like Pena to come back here with a victory over Steven Peterson, who's. Figured out seven, has uh, figured out a way to lose seven other times. Pena is not the not the type to rack up that many losses. I think he's he's certainly capable of those seven. Were um, we've got a prospect versus prospect bout next, Nick and uh, Macy Barber as she faces J J Aldrich. Yeah. Um, the odds kind of suggest to you which of them is seen as the as the higher prospect. Uh, what are your thoughts about Macy Barber versus J J Aldrich? So Macy Barber, if I'm not mistaken. Her last fight was against. It was against uh, actually a, that woman that I who yes. who I really like. Um, yes, it was who won her last fight. Hannah Cyphers. Yes, she was. It was she was against Cyphers. Yeah, Macy Barber looks like a, a mean, tough, athletic, talented. I hesitate to use the word world beater, but she she seems like an extremely high level prospect. She's twenty years old. I was very impressed with her composure. Um, she took Cyphers got some got some pop and she took some she did take some big shots uh, Barbara did um, but once she once uh, it, she got in ground and pound mode she was just merciless well, and, I understand Cyphers uh, took that fight on short notice she did take it on short notice and I still feel like she's she's got she should be an atom weight but uh, I liked Barbara's killer instinct I liked pretty much everything she did in that fight um, I'm picking her over over JJ Aldridge. I just think I think Barbara has a tremendous upside, and I think the UFC knows it, and that's part of this matchmaking. Uh, I actually think it's a bit of a risky it's a bit of a risky uh, bout because JJ Aldridge can kind of slow things down and hold you up against the fence. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I do think Macy Barber is going to be the more athletic, more dynamic fighter here. I think in the clinch, she is busy. She is offensive. She's constantly throwing elbows. Uh, JJ Aldridge, who likes to spend a lot of time pressing you up against the fence, is probably not going to have a great time with her there. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I just, I just think Macy should be able to use her dynamism to, to, to out-athlete her. Uh, I think at this level, the athletic advantage is, is more significant than when, you're fighting, than when you're fighting some of the very best fighters in the world. Um, so I, I do, do have we disagree Barber. yet on anything? I, I don't think we have. Oh, anything. man, I had a feeling yeah. this would be the card. Well, um, so we've got all the same – how boring are we? We've got all the same picks. Um, for the main card, let's well, well, like if if we both turn out to be right, then we'll look like a pair of geniuses. Why? Well, we and are then, a pair of geniuses. And then maybe there's a goddamn reason our, our 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 dozen of listeners and our moms are are giving us their time. Uh, my mom actually stopped. She unsubscribed. Um, oh. But <laughs> I'm just the uh, okay. So let's do the preliminary fight. My mom probably um, would have unsubscribed if she knew how. Go on. So featherweight fight. We've got a, a battle of uh, of submission hungry guys. 
uh, Bobby Moffat, I think, is a little bit more uh, patient and well-rounded than uh, than Bryce Mitchell does. I think Mitchell has a lot of Darce uh, subs, if my memory is correct. Um, I'm One of them's got a bunch of Darce subs. It doesn't seem like it's Mitchell. Mitchell. Mitchell's actually great with submissions, but he's got a plethora of arm bars and okay. naked chokes, triangle chokes. So uh, is it Moffat? Whereas, whereas Moffat has... Moffat's Captain Darce. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's right. That's okay. right. That, that that was in my notes for Muffet. So I I, I'm pick, I think uh, I think it's either a submission guys kickboxing match or or that Moffat's able to be able to find that Darst. Um, so that's my pick for that. Who have you got? Uh, sorry. Who, who's your pick? Moffat. Moffat. Yeah, I'm I'm there with you. Uh, I I think that the difference in this one is, um, essentially the fight will start off pretty competitive, and I hope they go to the ground because they are both solid there. But Moffat should be able to wear Mitchell down because Mitchell's conditioning uh, is usually what starts to wane in the middle of the bout. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Moffat will keep pressing and keep pushing and, and yep. probably gain the advantage uh, by either a late darts or a decision there. Okay. Um, next up, we Bantamweight. Got... This is an interesting fight. I feel like this could have been a main card, uh, a main card bout. I'm thinking we might differ on this one, Nick. Yeah, because I get this is one of those fights where I get sentimental. Um, I'm a big Frankie Science fan. And I'm picking. I'm going to pick him over Marlon Vera. I think. Uh, I think Frankie's got enough left in the tank, and we, he'll, we, he'll get a tough fought decision. We agree here, Nick. Darn it! <laughs> uh, but it's not even sentimental because I, I like Marlon Vera a lot. Uh, I think Signs isn't necessarily the most uh, the most fun fighter to watch, but he is. I, he's pretty good. I feel he's, he is. He's caught some. I think. He, I feel like he's caught some tough breaks. I, I don't disagree. I actually think he's a very skilled guy. He's got some pretty impressive wins early in his UFC run. Uh, he initially went Yuri Alcantara. Yeah, Yuri Alcantara. He, he fought. He fought Faber in a tough fight, didn't he? Yeah. Like I feel like I feel decision. like it was very competitive. Yes. I guess he got caught by Wineland, which I don't remember, and I don't have a very great memory, and wasn't able to revisit the Augusto Mendez fight. Um, I, I just think he's a good, well-rounded fighter. Good scrap. He's a scrapper. Um, I, I think what gives him the advantage here is simple. What happens more often than not for Marlon Vera is that he wins. He, he's losing early on because uh, he's usually the less athletic of the two fighters. He usually gets out-wrestled, out-clinched, um, um, out-athleted, out essentially, if mm-hmm. that's even a word. Um, and then he takes over later, and he either finishes you by going to the body or submitting you. Um, it requires for you to make that mistake, which I'm not so sure that uh, that Frankie Sainz is going to make. Frankie's a really good wrestler. That's kind of yeah. his bread and butter. He's, he's going to be able to get on top. He's a savvy veteran who's been in there with very. He's just he's also faced a much higher level of competition in his career. Uh, I agree. Although I think I think Vera Vera's fought against some pretty solid guys, and um, John Lineker, Brad Pickett, um, Brian Kelleher. Um, yeah, well, Kelleher's got a pretty diverse game. Those other guys are fireballers. Like, you know what you're going to deal with against John Lineker and Brad Pickett. You're going to have, you know, you're going to have punches. Who the, who the heck has beaten John Lineker? Like, I know. He's, yeah, yeah. he's legit. Like, uh, and, uh, yeah, and he didn't get knocked out. He survived, yeah. he, he survived the whole thing. Yeah, which, to be fair, I, don't, I think Lineker gets too much credit for being a finisher. He's a hard hitter, but he's not really a finisher. I mean, like, how, how, how much has he finished uh, in his last several bouts? Um, by the way, that's okay. He's a smaller man. Uh, yeah, he knocked out. Oh, yeah, no, he knocked he, out Kelleher. He, knock he knocked out, out Michael McDonald. Uh, but you're right; he doesn't have as many. Um, I mean, he, he early on he did. He had a good. He had a yeah, good run. He was 2013. Low level of competition right, at 125. For sure, he was the only guy with power in that division. Uh, but but anyway, he hits hard. He's he's athletic as heck. I mean, I wouldn't. 
I wouldn't want to fight that style, that, that extremely explosive, powerful, just constant forward pressure fighter. Um, yeah, I, I, I favor Frankie because I think getting takedowns against Marlon Vera is very easy, and Frankie's a very good wrestler. Yeah. And I think that uh, Marlon Vera can capitalize on your mistakes on the ground and submit you, and Marlon, uh, and, uh, and uh, uh, Frankie Signs won't make those mistakes. Um, he should be able to rat out uh, an unfortunately boring decision here, but I will be rooting for Marlon Vera, who I like a lot. Um, women's fight. I'm glad that there's uh, three very fun, interesting uh, women's fights on this card. Um, flyweight fight. Alexis Davis, uh, kind of an overachiever. Um, who's I agree had, for her had some good, in, it, had some good, interesting fights and some big wins um, against Jennifer Maya, who was an Invicta champion and moved up. And for for my money, looked really flat in her in her UFC debut, which could have been octagon jitters. It could have been that she was fighting. It was against Carmouche, right? Yeah. Carmouche is no. I mean, doesn't always have the best fight IQ, but is strong as shit. Like, yeah. Uh, and and strength isn't an area. Maya doesn't strike me as a as a particularly um, you know, strong or even ath- even athletic fighter. She's well rounded and resourceful. Um, but I think that I, I pick Alexis Davis. Uh, you know, in in this fight, I feel like uh, she's fought a much higher level of competition. She fought Sarah McMahon. She's armbarred Sarah Kaufman. Um, you know, she was in there for 16 seconds against Ronda, which, and she has a, she has a win over Carmouche. Um, and she's fought everybody. I mean, she fought Rosie Sexton. She fought Shayna Baszler. Um, she fought, she fought Amanda Nunes. Like she's been in there with, uh, everyone. And she, you know, she was on a two fight streak before losing to a, a Caitlin Chikagian, um, which is, you know, which, who, who I think is a, who I think is a good opponent. Um, lost her last fight to Jessica I uh, in a, a close split decision. So I just think um, I think Alexis Davis's uh, resourcefulness and experience are the way to go here. I think that she'll uh, I think that she'll leave Maya 0 and 2 um, in the UFC. Yeah, um, I'm 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 gonna tend to agree with you here. Uh, Jennifer Maya has had a pretty decent run in uh, in Invicta. She sure did. Roxanne yeah. Montefiore is probably her. Her best win, as far as I can tell. And Roxy no. came very close. Roxy came very close to having a comeback win in that fight. Um, yeah, it was yeah. my it was Maya early, and then Ro- Roxy um, uh, kind of schooled her on the ground. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give the edge to Davis here, who I think is only getting older. I think she um, a couple of years ago, if I remember correctly, she had a she had a child, so she took some time off. Um, I'm, I'm giving her the edge just because Maya lost to Liz Carmouche. And it's, if I remember correctly, Liz Carmouche took her down and controlled her. And if she's available for takedowns against Carmouche, mm-hmm. uh, who's kind of neck and neck in a, in a bout not so long ago with Alexis Davis, um, I'm going to give the edge to Davis to be able yeah. to take her down at some points. And I, I otherwise kind of stay on the outside with footwork and keep from really being in any danger anywhere. Agreed. And Davis is older, but not, I mean, she's 34 to Maya's 30. It's not like we're talking yeah. about, you know, Maya's on the 23-year-old. Yeah, I, I would take Davis's experience over Maya's probably a natural athlete, athletic advantage. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to give, I'm going to take Davis here. Oh, who, man, we're, we're in agreement again. Yeah, there's a good chance I'm going to, I'm going to change one or two of these picks. I really thought that I was, I thought that you were going to pick Marlon Vera because I, I figured most people were. Uh, maybe we'll, maybe we'll differ on this one because I am probably somewhat flexible not. on this bout. No, uh, I, I, I doubt that we will just because I know we both, we both have heart for the local fighter. Also, Brandon Marcos has not looked good in a while. Yeah. Um, she looked terrible in the draw. 
And then she lost to a very, a very strong fighter in uh, Nina Ansaroff. The Juliana Lima fight, I don't really remember. But I just remember Marcos's fights being kind of boring. And and then uh, she had the split decision win over Carla Esparza. Split decision loss to Alexa Grazo. I just, there's not, I can't think of a lot of positive things to say about Marcos' approach um, following her last couple of fights. Whereas we know what... We know what Angela Hill's going to do. She's going to defend the takedown. She's going to try to keep distance, and she's going to try to um, she's going to kick her to the body. She's going to punch her in the face. <laughs> like she's if I, I think that Hill um, Hill should be able to keep it standing and uh, and land her shots, and I think win a, uh, a you know pick her apart over three rounds to win a decision. Yeah, that's my hope. Um, so like I'm like I, I like Angela. She uh, comes from a local gym, Evolution Muay Thai, um, uh, run by uh, run by. Uh, it's funny that, that his name escapes me. He's a good friend of mine. Um, Some for New York. Uh, uh, Brandon Levy, excuse me. <laughs> Brandon's Brandon's awesome. A, a really successful Muay Thai coach. Uh, I'm I'm kind of affiliated with, with those guys at Evolution and. And she comes from the gym, and and uh, you know she's super super cool person. I've I've met her a couple times, uh, and I think we've even sparred a couple times, um, despite the the size advantage, um, the the size discrepancy. Um, Angela is uh, yeah, I, I kind of favor her to win here. It's interesting about this matchup, Nick, in that each of these fighters has been going win loss win loss win loss consistently. Yeah. Uh, over the last uh, uh, since 2016 for. For Angela, and since since uh, 2014 for Randa, they're both due a win now. It's also interesting. There's two, and there's two. I guess you can't say reigning, but Jennifer, neither Jennifer Maya nor Angela Hill lost their Invicta title when they moved up. That's true, and that, and that often happens. But that's the yeah. thing: an Invicta championship doesn't necessarily doesn't nah, necessarily no. translate uh, as as smoothly as you would expect um, into being right, a top right. contender in the UFC's division, uh, women's divisions. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm giving the edge to Angela Hill mostly because of her footwork, the fact that she should have the the height and maybe not reach advantage. I feel like her arms are almost slightly shorter than they should be. Uh, actually, you know what? I'm seeing the stats now. It looks like Angela Hill's five three, Randa Marcos is five four, which I'm kind of surprised about. Um, that this is a pick I may change just because we need some disparity at some point. We don't I need do, some disparity. I, we should, yeah. I, I, fair. I, 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 do, I, I do think it's a. It's a competitive fight. I think Randa's going to get tired, and Angela's probably going to stay fresh. And I think Angela's uh, team is probably going to formulate a better game plan for Marcos than the other way around. Yeah. Uh, I think her footwork and uh, and the ability to stay on the feet is going to be key here. Uh, she shouldn't be out-athleted by Randa, but Randa can compete on the feet. She's not bad there. Um, I'm going to give the uh, I'm going to give the edge to Angela, and uh, I'll be rooting for her as well. Even though I like Randa Marcos a lot, uh, I'll be enough. Cool. Uh, the last two fights. These are. Uh... Chris Gutierrez versus Ryan McDonald. McDonald. Yeah, I'm going with Gutierrez here. He's, he's fought a higher level of competition. Uh, I don't yeah. have a lot more to say about that. Uh, I expect Gutierrez to uh, exploit McDonald's defense from preparation and disadvantage. I think I think McDonald uh, took this fight on relatively short notice. Um, I think he'll uh, Gutierrez will land leg kicks early and then lead into a, a knockout later or a TKO later in the bout. Uh, although Ryan McDonald, for the record, is 10-0. Yeah, but so was so was the guy, uh, the heavyweight 
from Romania that fought last that week. That is true. Um, We've got Eric Shelton against uh, Jordan Espinoza. I mean, this is a this is a pick'em for me, but I don't. Re- the thing is, I don't want this to be our differentiating fight because neither one of us knows that much about either of these guys. I, I actually have so, a special place in my heart for one of them, Nick. Oh yeah, and that yeah. would be Jordan Espinoza. No. Oh shit. It okay. is. It is Eric Shelton. What are you picking, Eric? Too? I had I re- I had both of them picked, and I can't. So I must have changed my mind before. Okay. They were both bolded, and now I'm trying to remember <laughs> who and why. Um, uh, Shelton's the favorite, a minus seven fifty favorite to the plus one fifty five. Seven fifty minus one seventy five. Okay, okay, uh, okay. Then, yeah, I was gonna say, how, how could he possibly be such a favorite over anyone? He's not. Yeah, he's not been that successful. My bad. Um, so y- you were saying you favor? Uh, you I favor can't remember Shelton's who well? I favored. I gotta look at the begin. Um, I favor Shelton because, like, he's probably gonna lose the first round before taking over in the second or third. Uh, Espinosa kind of goes for the kill early. He doesn't really conserve his energy well, and uh, and I think he's going to win that first round, not be able to finish Shelton, who's not really uh, easy to finish at all. Uh, and then Shel- uh, Shelton should be able to take over in the latter rounds as uh, Espinosa tires out. But that's partially me picking with my heart because I, I just like Eric Shelton from The Ultimate Fighter. He seems like a good young guy with a family who's just working his butt off to, to, to do uh-huh. well, and he's actually struggling in the UFC, and how am I gonna some close decisions? How am I gonna pick against that? <laughs> I actually don't know much about Espinosa. He might be the the most likable man alive. All right, I'm gonna roll with Shelton also on this one, giving us a uh, complete match for the first time. So Nick, here's the situation now. This is interesting because both of us have made the same picks. There's very little chance that we're right about every one. So in between now and the event, we're gonna see if either of us will make the adjustments uh, to to our lineup to to get the edge. If not. Then we're gonna hope that we're. Uh, Let's well, have a draw, which like is twelve a, and one, which, which is okay. Yeah. Well, a draw is fine as long as we're both like heavily bad, badassing this event and like picking them, picking them properly. Um, I'm always curious to see, you know, the the pre-fight face-offs, especially between guys like Pettis and Thompson. Um, and so, you know, th- that kind of thing might change it if I feel like Pettis is suddenly about the same height as Thompson or something. Well, the um, only underdog. I mean, usually I pick a couple of dogs, right? And. Uh, I don't the only the odds un- until we're usually until we're here. The only under the only underdog I'm picking on this card, or we're picking on this card, is Frankie Science. Uh, like there've been cards where I've picked three or four underdogs. Yeah, I'm actually surprised a couple that a couple of these guys are are such big favorites. Um, I actually think that the that Justin Willis, by the way, uh, at plus two forty, is somebody that if you don't mind losing twenty bucks on, you yeah, should bet on that up. guy. I'm 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 picking Blades here. Don't get me wrong, but I think I think this is a close competitive fight. I think Justin's pretty legit for a heavyweight, and I know it doesn't say a whole lot, uh, but given Curtis Blades' chin issues and the fact that Justin has trained with uh, guys like Cam Velasquez, Manuel Cormier, who have a very similar style to Curtis Blades, uh, I think at plus two forty, Justin Willis is worth putting a couple of smacks on. Is all I'm saying. Yep. Uh, I, again, with with these kind of with these kind of uh, underdog picks that I'm suggesting here. Um, I believe this to be a good value because it should be a pick'em. Because of the line is what makes it worth betting on Willis, despite the fact that I'm actually picking Blades. Um, and uh, and outside of that, I, I actually uh, at plus two seventy five, I would seriously consider putting a little bit of money on Pinedo. Again, the, 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 these these odds should be closer. Pinedo's got some power. I believe he's a southpaw. He's got power in his left hand. He's got a very busy left kick. Yep. Um, and McDessie is getting older, and and he's gonna he's gonna have a significant height and reach disadvantage here. 
Uh, that's actually one in which I, I will consider changing my pick at some point. So yeah, I, I think I'll be putting some money on Pinedo as well here, Nick. Um, and then uh, we'll see how the rest of the card yeah, plays out. Yeah, and we'll be we'll be at in next week um, because there's a really good um, ESPN card. Uh, not ESPN Plus, but ESPN. We've got Barbosa Gagey. Also on the card, uh, David Branch and Jack Hermanson. Uh, Josh Emmett uh, back for the first time, I think, since he got uh, KO'd by um, he got KO'd by Jeremy Stevens, Stevens didn't he? Yep. Um, he's fighting Michael Johnson. That's a really that's a that's going to be a firecracker of a fight. I expect that first. Either round. Johnson gets a that, first round. That first round is going to be brutal. Yeah. Um, you got Carolina. Ko- oh my God, Kovalkiewicz. Kovalkiewicz, who's has a, had a tough run the last couple of years. Um, but she's uh, coming up against um, the karate hottie Michelle Waterson, um, undersized for the division, but uh, very technically sound and with a good, a good, um, a good floor game and a good striking game. Um, and then you've got Ross Pearson versus Desmond Green for some. I didn't realize uh, for Ross Pearson bombs. was still fighting. I don't think Ross Pearson will ever stop fighting. I think you're probably right. And Ray Borg's on that card. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a pretty good, card. it's a pretty I'll good card. It. Yeah. Um, so we'll be talking about that. Um, I actually think next week. after that week, Nick, we're we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have a week no off. Event. We have a week off for to, the first to, time since to, we started to, the podcast. To be honest, I'd love to still do a show, maybe talk about MMA news or, or talk about how things are going. And we'll, we'll, I guess we'll, we have some time to figure out. What yeah, how you're gonna out. get me the million Turkish lira? Oh God damn it, Nick! You know about? what? You you gave me the pass. We have a verbal contract. We have a recording of it, Nick. Um, so I'm I'm gonna go ahead and use that as evidence <laughs> if I need to. Um, and then, yeah, and then the week on April 13th, we've got a big pay-per-view with two, count them, two title fights. Max Holloway against Dustin Poirier and Kelvin Gastelum against Israel Adesanya, um, which we'll have, I'm sure that we'll have a lot, be... a lot to talk about. The rest of the card's kind of weak. But you know what? Some but very recognizable names and a promise of a some few, good fights. A few Eric Anders, Khalil Roundtree, there will Won't be violence. be boring. Krilov versus St. Peru, there will be violence. But Anders Khalil Roundtree, though, has the potential to have have a great first four minutes. Yes. And then the most exhausted, sloppy yes. <laughs> two and a half and, rounds. And I'll be honest with you, most people can do that if they just let go of everything. Like, a fighter with almost no skill can look good in a first round against a skilled fighter if he's willing to exp- just let go of all of his energy. Right. But then what happens after is, is the trouble. So, yeah, I, I hear you there. Yeah, um, I think lactic, lactic say, acid is going to win that fight. Can um, I just say uh, uh, yeah. that Alan jo- Jaban is fighting somebody named Beanie Siegel, like, like the rapper Beanie Siegel? That's, where? that's where, fascinating. Where's that? Uh, right here on the UFC uh, event page. Uh, what event, though? Uh, the, the UFC 236, that same uh, pay-per-view we were just discussing. That's weird. I don't see it on the... Are you looking at UFC 236? Yeah. yeah that's weird. Interesting. Maybe this is a mistake. I'm, I don't know. This might uh, not be a... Because complete... it does not look like Beanie Siegel. It looks like a different fighter to me. Does that look familiar to you? No idea. I did not just make that up. Uh, anyway, uh, I do have to also mention, we both picked Frankie Signs because he has the wrestling advantage. Um... Vera can catch him, but at plus uh, at uh, plus one forty, Frankenstein's might be worth a bet as well. Uh, Frankenstein's at plus money against a guy with bad wrestling and, and decent submissions is uh, is a pretty good deal to me. So I would consider those three bets if you have uh, maybe sixty or hundred bucks that you don't mind uh, you yep. don't mind never seeing. And the very last thing I will say on this are possibly our longest podcast. <laughs> We're close over an, an hour, hour and sir. fifteen minutes. Wow. Is um, a marathon. I, I think we all appreciate Stan's gambling advice, but know that gamble for entertainment. Uh, Absolutely. Don't don't uh, if you don't got the flow, don't place the bets. And I'm sure there's a number you can Google for help. I'm pretty <laughs> sure my it. grandmother once told me that exact same thing. Nick, word for word, and she barely speaks English. So do I. 
<laughs> All right, we'll talk to you later, guys. Thanks for Bye. listening, guys.